Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 17th day of March. I'm your host, Paul White. We are in the middle of the 38th chapter of Genesis, the story of Judah and Tamar, almost a parenthetical passage to the Joseph narrative that's been happening in the chapters around it. Genesis 37, Joseph is sold into slavery. Genesis 39, Joseph goes down into Egypt to Potiphar. Interrupting this narrative is the 38th chapter, a chapter that must contain or must stretch outside the timeline of the rest of the book of Genesis because the story contains multiple generations of characters, namely Judah and his three sons and the first son's daughter, I'm sorry, the first son's wife is named Tamar. He dies. His brother then has a leveret obligation to raise a child have a child, and in his brother's name, his brother fails to do that. He dies, and the youngest boy is too young to marry Tamar. So Judah promises her that if she can wait, he will have her youngest son as her husband, and then that boy will raise up a child. But apparently, Judah is not um, true to his word. As the years progress, Tamar is starting to leave that window where she knows she'll be able to have a child. And without that child, she'll have no real legal connection to the protection of Judah's family, the namesake. She will not be sort of part of the family without it. Well, in the process of time, which is how verse 12 begins, Judah loses his daughter She dies, and Judah is comforted by going up to hang out with his sheep shearers in the land of Temna. And and Tamar hears about it. Look, your father-in-law is going up to Temna to shear his sheep. So she takes off her widow's garments, which means she's been dressing as someone who is in mourning and how has been probably for many years. She covers herself with a veil, and she sets in the open place on the way to Temna by covering yourself as a veil with a veil, and that part of the world and in that time and sitting next to the road meant that you were offering your services sexually. Judah sees her in verse 15, thinks she's a harlot because she had covered her face. There's that hint. And he turned to her, by the way, and said, please let me come into you. But he didn't know that it was his daughter-in-law. So she said, what will you give me that you may come into me? And he promised to send her a young goat. But He didn't have the young goat, so she asked for a pledge. And the pledge he gives is his staff, his signet, his cord, and his staff. These are these things that are identified as his. They are his signals of authority. He gives them to her. They sleep together. She conceives by him. Verse 18 is giving you this real prescient moment in which you know something even worse is coming because... This was not just a sexual encounter. She actually gets pregnant. She rises, goes her own way, lays aside her veil, puts her old widowhood garments back on. And when Judah leaves town, he sends the young goat back to pay the town harlot for the night that he spent with her. But everyone in town says, there's no harlot. We don't have a harlot in this town. So uh, whenever Judah's man comes back to Judah, we couldn't find the harlot. There's no harlot in this place. And basically, Judah says, okay, forget it. Three months later, I'm walking you through the events of this interesting story. Three months later, Judah finds out that his daughter-in-law, Tamar, 
is pregnant. And what is said of her is that she has had a child, is with child by harlotry. In other words, this is that's the word used against a young woman who was pregnant without marriage. She must be a harlot because in their world, if you slept with a young lady and impregnated her, you married her. So for a young woman to get pregnant but not get married meant that she had slept with either multiple men and didn't know who the father was or had just slept with a man and was now pregnant. And we see this in our through our lens and say, single mom, um, you know, got to deal with this baby this way or whatever way. However, your society or culture deals with the woman. That's and that's changed over time, as we're about to see. In that day, and all the way up into even the writings of the New Testament, women did not have the kind of liberty that they have now to where they could just choose to have a sexual partner outside of marriage. To have a sexual partner outside of marriage automatically made you a harlot. And it made you an outcast, and therefore you had no one in a world in which there was no real ladder to ascend upward for women. Marriage was the shortest route. And a link to a family through the rights of inheritance was a was the shortest route. To have relations outside of marriage and then get and then become pregnant was the sure route to be cut off. And so that's the word being given here about Tamar. It's also why it's such a noble move when Joseph in the New Testament covers for Mary by believing the the dream that he has, the vision and the dream that comes to him in which the angel says, this child that your wife bears is by the Holy Spirit. Don't put her away. In public eye, he should have put her away or he could should have lied and said the child was his. You got to give him credit twice. One, that he doesn't put her away. Twice that he doesn't just claim it's his and then and that they're married. Um, quite an amazing thing. Also, by the way, this goes back to something we were talking about the other day. Remember when I told you that the dreams are for you, not for someone else? Remember when Joseph has his dream in the New Testament, multiple dreams, it involves other people, but the dream primarily involves him. The angel in the dream tells him that the child is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Don't put the child away. Why doesn't the angel, why doesn't Mary have the dream and then speak it to Joseph? Hey, I had a dream last night and I'm supposed to tell you that the child that I bore bear is by the Holy Spirit and you're just supposed to accept that. Joseph's response would have rightly been, well, if the Lord wants me to know that, he can send me my own dream. And the Lord did. Because the dream is for you. Okay, I I got a little sidetracked today, I admit. There's a lot to talk about in this 38th chapter. So I'm just going to stop here and we're going to pick it up tomorrow. We have all the way up to the moment where Judas says in verse 24, bring her out and let her be burned. The punishment was not worth stepping out and committing fornication if you were a woman in this world. Because the punishment is death. It's not just ostracized. Death. Incredible. All right, more tomorrow. See you then. God bless.